0: Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy.
1: Welcome to ASHP's Pharmacy Leadership Podcast, the podcast where we sit down with leaders in the world of pharmacy to discuss advancing leadership practices. My name is Bruce Scott, and I have the pleasure of serving as host of this podcast. Today, we will be chatting with Katherine Miller, whom I will refer to as Cat, as she is known within pharmacy circles. Cat is pharmacy director for system inpatient clinical services at the University of Kansas Health System. Also with us today is Brandy Snyder. Brandy is pharmacy director for hematology, oncology, and investigational drug service line at Wake Forest Baptist Health. Thank you both for joining us. As you may know, both Kat and Brandy were authors of a letter in the recently published ASHP book, Letters from the Leaders in Pharmacy. Our discussion will focus on building, leading, and motivating teams, which we all know is important to the success of any organization. So let's get started. Kat, I'd like to start with you. In your letter, you discuss a concept you phrase as highly reliable teams. Will you start us off by just sharing the concept and how do you use this concept even within your team?
0: Sure, thank you, Bruce. Um, For me, a highly reliable team is one that has created a trusting and collaborative environment You have leaders who have a similar mindset with respect to goals that the organization is driving towards, with the culture that we expect between our team members, and with the way that we measure and drive towards uh, agreed upon outcomes. I think you have to start with assuming that each team member has the best interest of the patient and others in every decision that they make. And that helps us develop consistency in our decision making among those team members. For example, on my inpatient leadership team, we have over 20 leaders within our pharmacists and technicians, and uh, an employee may come to any one of those leaders asking a question, and we need to make sure that our leaders are going to be answering and responding to those questions in a consistent fashion. That means that sometimes it's trusting the frontline employee to really make the best decision and be able to back them up in what they are doing to take care of patients, but ultimately, it's it's creating that consistency among how our leader, leadership team tackles problems and is always putting the patient first. Huh.
1: So there's a lot about consistency in the leadership team and both consistency and performance as well as consistency in the relationship in which you rely on each other.
0: That is absolutely correct. Building that trusting relationship and um, a culture of trust and teamwork is really important in creating that team.
1: Wow. Hold on to that thought, I'm gonna have more questions about that. But I, I think fitting in there really nicely is a concept that Brandy, you wrote about in your letter. And I'll tell you, I was captured in your first paragraph. There were phrases in the paragraph such as, stop making excuses, it's hard work, never going to be the perfect time, and don't be afraid to challenge yourself. How did you arrive at What I think are a very mature, grounded perspective of both life and work, and how do you use these concepts to encourage and inspire uh, these traits and others on your team,
2: Bruce? That is a great question. Um, I think several of these drivers were instilled in me by my mother when I was a young girl. Um, They're basically the principles that I have grown up on, and I've tried to live by those throughout my adult life as well. Um, I realized, you know, early on that if I wanted to be very successful, then I had to put 100% into everything that I did, regardless of whether I liked it or or not, um, and and not give up either. I felt like a lot of times, especially some of the younger younger students, they like to give up on things. That was something that I always wanted to stick to, is that once I was committed to something, then I would always follow through with it. So I think hard work is, is absolutely essential. Um, most successful leaders are very committed to what they do, and it's evident by their work. Um, and they're not successful by, by not working hard. No, nothing's easy. I think you know a lot of a lot of people also like to always make a, make up an excuse of why now now is not a good time for this or now it's not a good time for that. There's there's always going to be excuses, and there's never going to be that perfect moment for for something. Um, I think as pharmacists, most of us are like to plan out a lot of our schedules and like to have every single major decision that we wanna make like for the next five years mapped out. Um, I think all of us know that, you know, life doesn't happen that way. You could have expected life events, you know, a new baby, a loss of a family member, just something that's gonna change your course or your decisions that you, you wanna make. Um, so you shouldn't wait to pursue any type of professional development that you want to, that you wanna do. Just go for it because once again, there's just never gonna be that perfect moment. I think also a lot of people are, somewhat scared or, you know, they don't, they don't want to take that next challenge um, for, for whatever reason it might be. If you know, if you're not willing to challenge yourself, you become very stagnant. If you don't grow, you know, it can lead to being unhappy with your job. Um, so I think challenging yourself is really important. You know, it can also help to build some confidence that you have if you don't, if you lack confidence in some of your, abil- some of your abilities. And it can also open up the door for other opportunities. For example, The reason why I'm in my position now is because I continue to challenge myself, and it led to additional opportunities within my organization. One of your last questions was, how do you inspire yourself, Uh, or how do you inspire others? So I try and lead by an example, and I think it's clearly evident by my actions. Um, I also think it's critical to mentor others that you lead and help to um, develop their goals as well, but I think leading by example is um, the principle that um, I hope to lead others into challenging themselves
1: as well. Yeah, I would encourage anyone that hasn't had the opportunity to read your letter. I mean, there are, it is filled with personal examples, and uh, I certainly appreciate you including that uh, in your letter. You know, Brent, as I think about this, you know, and I've taken notes myself that I will use this as I'm mentoring others. Do you have an opportunity to broadly discuss your life philosophies such as included here? with your team and if so, what are those occasions and how would you advise others to create those opportunities?
2: Bruce, I I think given my current role, I I do have the opportunity to interact with several learners, whether they be pharmacy residents, pharmacy students, our new practitioners that have um, joined us are new leaders. You know, I, I think it's really important to find a mentor throughout some course of your career so, so, you know, during those interactions, I, I'm definitely more of a people person. So, you know, for many of the people that I interact with, whether it's in a, a learning atmosphere or, or a pharmacist that I help to manage, you know, I try and dedicate time for them to really understand what their goals are and things of that nature to help to um, develop them.
1: Great. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, Kat, let's go back to uh, the, the, the team, the highly reliable team. And I think any leader would want to create or recruit a team that's full of people that Brandy just discussed, those characteristics that she had just discussed. One thing that intrigued me uh, about your letter is that once you got past the required competencies of the job, you talked about something that you called fit for your team. Uh, help us understand what fit is for your team.
0: That's a great question Bruce um, and I think it relates back to what Brandy just shared as well. Most people when they hear fit we we talk we think about um, do I like this person could I get along with this person will I enjoy their spending time sitting next to them while I'm at work but I think fit is actually bigger than that uh, in my book or in my letter I referenced the book, Um, The Ideal Team Player, which talks about key characteristics of humble, hungry, and smart. And so I think the hungry really aligns with Brandy's example of um, being a hard worker, So when I think about FIT, it's not just getting along with the person um, that I'm looking to hire or that's going to be joining the team, but when things get really tough, when you're down in the trenches, when you're working long days, when you don't know the answer to a problem, is this a person who's going to sit beside you and hash out that resolution? They're going to work the long hours. They're not going to be afraid to getting their hands dirty to get a project done. Um, But there's someone who's really going to be a partner in in solving those problems and challenges. So um, it it really is adding that extra layer of what are they willing to do for the team and for our patients? I also think a question that I like to ask is, where is their heart? Is their heart in this work? Um, Are they dedicated to the patients and the outcomes uh, to the same level of everyone else on the team?
1: Oh, great. Thank you for that. And Kat, how do you assess it? How do you and your, you know, recruitment process assess that? And how do you engage your other team members that might be part of the recruitment process to assess it?
0: Yeah, I think it's um, you know putting the candidate in a couple different environments. We want to know how they are um, over lunch, having casual conversation. Um, we ask them to give presentations so we can see how they respond to tough questions. Um, it's more about how their response uh, to those questions is, as opposed to what the actual presentation is that they're giving. Um, and then there are some really great questions that we have started incorporating in our interviews straight from that book. Um, things like, when was the last time that you had to apologize for something? Um, you get some really honest, truthful um, responses, and, and, you know, you can tell if someone apologizes for really important things, or if it is just a word they use to get out of a tough situation.
1: Interesting. So I'm guessing that if I was uh, interviewing and I said, I've never apologized for anything in my life, uh, you might not consider that to be someone that has the characteristics that you're looking for?
0: That would be a true statement. Um, Apologizing and knowing when we have made mistakes and asking for help in taking that next step forward is something that I look for in in members of my team.
1: Wow. Wow. So that fits when you uh, discuss uh, one of the characteristics of integrity. I, I get that. Uh, and you just talked about drive as someone that, you know, is passionate about the work. And uh, that was also evident in some of Randy's comments. But one other characteristic that you listed was emotional intelligence. Help me with that one. How do you discuss it and how do you assess it?
0: That one's definitely the hardest of the three, I think, to assess. Um, some of it, you can look at their the um, person's self-awareness. Um, how do they react to some of those tough questions? Are they someone who says, no, I've never apologized before in my life? Or do they have to stop and pause and say, maybe there's some value in why this team is asking me this question and I should be considering that I should be apologizing more often. So that one's definitely a hard one for me, but I think that's why it's important to bring a lot of people into that interview process because each person can kind of get a different feel and perspective depending on the different questions and interactions that they have with that candidate.
1: Yeah, and Kat, one more question on, on on this topic. When you are completing your process and you've got all of the people that have participated in the interview process in the same room or virtually given uh, uh, responses, do you find that it's very easy to hone in on a person that has the right fit, or do you find that uh, the responses are pretty uh, disparate?
0: You know, I think it is something that we have learned uh, over the last couple of years as we've really started using these questions and this style of interviewing that it has gotten a lot easier to have everyone kind of come to the same conclusion. Um, Maybe there's still a top one or two that we have a really hard time deciding between, but it definitely has narrowed the variety in those number one choices of the interviewers.
1: Oh, great. Thanks for sharing that both of you have talked about this whole concept of passion and being passionate about what, what, what you do. And Brandy, can you talk a little bit more about that? I was intrigued in your uh, letter when you uh, discussed the concept of finding one's motivation. And specifically, because, you know, I have encountered a number of colleagues who are struggling with the decision to move from a practice role to more of a team leadership role. And I admire your quote uh, related to the quote, the Maxwell quote that you had, a great leader's courage to fill his vision comes from passion, not position. So how do you advise colleagues that might be in search of their motivation and passion at whatever stage of, career, of their career they're at?
2: Yeah, Bruce, that's also a great question, and, you know, in my current role, because I do work with people at different stages of at their career, you know, whether it's a, a student looking to determine whether they want to do a residency program or a pharmacist um, looking to see if they want to do a more an administrative role versus something else, you know, I, I feel like I get that question a lot because oftentimes, you know, once they complete their training, they, like, what is the next step? They don't know what to do or something is not in, in their on their five-year plan that they've mapped out, so now they're kind of if reevaluating their life, you know, one thing that I have advised them to do is just really kind of do a reflection on what it is that they really enjoy out of their work. Is it the, you know, working with people? Um, is it, you know, the clinical practice? You know, what is it that you really enjoy? What is it that, that really drives you that you want to get up every morning and you're, you're really excited about? For me, it was, you know, oncology. That was the one thing I identified early on in my career, um, so I went down that pathway. And then um, the next for me, it was leadership. Once I started on that leadership path, it's kind of like I never looked back. And something that I've really, really loved, loved for the past seven years in doing more of a leadership role. So, you know, that that's one thing I think it's really important for any 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 staff member to really reflect on, you know, what, what it is that you enjoy doing, like what makes you happy that you want to get up and go to work and, and do every day. I think the other thing, too, is uh, in regards to a leader's courage comes from passion, not position, is that, you know, you don't, you don't have to be in a formal leadership role to be a good leader, because others do see your work and they, they do lead by example. So I think that's also important. You know, I have a lot of good, what is it, the I leaders on my team, or they're not in a formal leadership position, but they are, they're very strong, strong leaders on our team. So, I, you know, I also want to tell people that I work with as well is that you don't have to be in a formal position to be a good leader. Um, I could never do it, I'm, I could never do this by myself, you know, I'm, I have a great team, and that is why I think some have said that I'm a good leader. But it's because of my team members, not not necessarily because of me.
1: Well, well, that goes right into uh, another statement that you made in your letter about that you encom- you accomplish far more as a great team than you can individually. Uh, I think that's a, another important message, and particularly in today's environment, because uh, we've all probably experienced uh, something that I'll just refer to as the me environment. It's all about me or my uh, accomplishments, but Brandon, you're focused on the team environment and that what the team uh, accomplished. Can you talk about a little bit about how do you hammer that message of team home mm-hmm. within your organization?
2: Um, yes, I, I will say that is definitely something that's very difficult to do in, in some individuals, and it's something that I still don't think I have, I have it all figured out. Um but it's something that it's a work in progress. You know what I've found is that I agree with you that many individuals in the, the pharmacy world they do like to think of themselves as being in a, in a silos and not as a team environment. You know, we my team currently is a very large team. You know, if I've, I've tried to encourage. You know, if once I have a relationship with that team member, if I find that they are not a team player, you know, I, I do try and identify that early on. Um, have some direct conversations with them, as well as encouraging them to get more involved in some of the the team projects or initiatives that we're working on, not only within pharmacy, but also, you know, external pharmacy with multidisciplinary meetings. Um, I've also found that just just communication, and I I will tell you that, you know, I'm glad you mentioned the COVID pandemic, because um, I really think that highlighted, you know, how important teamwork was. Um, you know, we had to go through a period where our department had to go through furloughs. And with that, it created a lot of additional strain on some of our other team members. So I, I was very proud of our team and how they stepped up. And I, I think during that whole experience, I think all of our team realized how important teamwork, teamwork was to kind of get through the, um, the pandemic. Just one other thing I was going to comment on is communication in regards to teamwork, um, making sure that everyone on the team, you know, gets the same information. Um, I've tried to always stick to my monthly team meetings, as, as in, also with our team huddles, so that way everyone is aware of changes, projects, initiatives. I, I do find I do find that I think um, communication is key for um, also ensuring that everyone is on the same page and, and can be one team.
1: Wow, thank you. Sounds like communication and just being personal a personal role model and demonstrating that value are key to making sure that everyone buys in. Thank you. Hey, I've got a question for both of you. And uh, Brandy, I'll I'll start with you. Uh, This is a question that's a a little bit off track from the letters in the book, but I think it's very important. And uh, some of the characteristics that you uh, mentioned, such as uh, supporting your team as individuals, which was in both of your letters, being thankful and showing gratitude and compassion, uh, I think are messages that you, 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 you both uh, discuss. My question is regarding the healthcare setting that you work in and the healthcare setting is not immune to social issues that we face in society today, such as social justice, social unrest, diversity, equity, inclusion, and safety concerns as recently uh, were highlighted by the shootings at the clinic in Buffalo, Minnesota. My question for you is as leaders of highly reliable teams, how do you handle these issues within your team? Is it a discussion? Is it a um, available as needed? Is it uh, let's discuss this head on? Uh, How do you handle it? How do you address it in your team? Randy, help me. How do you think about this?
2: So I think first off, I think it's critical to be present for your team. I think, you know, and then, and then once again, this was also highlighted during the, the COVID pandemic. You know, I thought it was very critical because we didn't, most of my team members were still on site. Um, so I thought it was critical to actually be able to see them, talk with them in person, and really be able to know, like, how they, how they were doing emotionally, right, with, with everything that was going on. So I thought that was critical because then that that way I could identify additional resources needed to um need need to need to be provided for our, our team. So, you know I think our de- our department has done a really good job, and not only our department but also the our hospital um, in providing um, additional services for employees in regards to some of the issues that you've identified. So we have other resources that are available hospital-wide to employees because of everything that has happened, uh, you know, over the last year. But, you know, I think it's also important to show empathy and then flexibility for your staff as well. So if they do have some of these concerns or safety things that are going on, to make sure that they are aware that, you know, you are available, has, you know, are are their leader or other manager within the area for them to talk to about it. But, you know, once again, none of this is going to be known unless they can actually see you and and talk with you and, and bring some of these issues up to you.
1: Great. So availability as a leader is is critical there, as well as your ability to show empathy and be flexible for individuals. Uh, And also made a note of just remembering that to access other support services or resources that might be available in the organization. Thanks, Brandy. Kat, uh, what's your experience with this?
0: Yeah, I think my experience has been somewhat similar to what Brandy has shared. I think the first thing that's really important is just to acknowledge that there is an issue. To just say that um, we don't treat everyone the same, and we should, and how can we get there, I think is the first the first step. As a pharmacy leadership team at my organization, uh, we had that conversation. Um, we had about 50 leaders on our monthly leadership call, and we talked about um how do we as an organization become anti racist? And there was, uh, it was challenged. There was definitely a lot of silence on the call as people were processing their thoughts and building up the courage to be willing to speak what their opinion is and what their experience has been in a group of 50 of their peers. But just giving that opportunity will continue to make people more comfortable having the conversations. I think more specifically, one action that our organization took is. Our pharmacy department about three years ago created our own definition of what our culture is, along with specific principles and behaviors that we expect each of our team members to to act out on a daily basis and to hold each other accountable for that. And one of the principles was teamwork. And as a result of some of our conversations over the last year, we um, adapted that to now say teamwork and inclusion and added that one of the behaviors that we expect from every one of our team members is that all perspectives are heard and valued. And so it's right out there. It is um, every team member who joins our team sees that this is what we expect of ourselves um, and of each other, and that we should be holding each other accountable if we're not feeling comfortable in that space. It's definitely not easy. It's we're definitely not in a place where um, we're all uh, in, in a place where we should be. Um, but continuing to open the door to the conversations, as Brandy said, just being available if someone else wants to talk about their experience um, or their feelings um, will, will help us make be more comfortable with where we are and how we take steps towards where we need to be.
1: Well, great perspective. And I agree, I've, I've heard from both of you, it's just being available as a, a leader is, is super important and Kat, as well as stay in and live in your values. Is also critical to to lead in the team. Thanks to both of you for sharing that. You now, we've got about a minute left. Uh, is there anything that we haven't covered that uh, either of you have in mind or would like to share? And Kat, I'll I'll go to you first.
0: I think my biggest takeaway from this conversation is you know there's a lot of things that we as pharmacists and healthcare providers deal with on a daily basis and. Uh, there's a lot of operational challenges and clinical challenges, but the number one thing that's important that I think you heard from both Brandy and I today is the people and making sure that we remember that we are people and our patients are people and um, that we need to take care of each other.
1: Ah, Great comment, thank you. Brandy, anything that we haven't covered or key takeaway messages?
2: Um, I think one thing that we we didn't really talk much about was just some of the, the challenges, I think just for leaders today and healthcare, You know, one thing Kat had mentioned, the people, you know, I think this is, you know, once again, part of what I also wanted to leave the podcast with. A lot of the challenges, you know, are really burnout for the pharmacist. You know, I feel like I'm seeing that more and more. I've been at the organization for almost 13 years, and it seems like it's happening more in the last several years for pharmacists. Um, How do we keep them engaged and and continue to provide opportunities for growth? The last thing is just keeping up with the growing demands of healthcare and the the rapid changes. Um, this is also something that I feel like I had not seen until the last couple of years more quickly than, than than you know my previous like first 10 years out in practice. But but healthcare is definitely changing and you know we need to be able to meet the demands and to be able to lead our teams through through these changes.
1: Oh great comments and great advice. Thank you very much. Well, that's all the time we have today. Uh, Let me uh, first thank Brandy and Kat. You are two wonderful leaders and I am uh, just very happy that you will be leading pharmacy practice for the distant future here. Thanks for all that you've done. Thanks for what you contribute today and thanks for what you'll contribute in the future. And to our audience, uh, join us here on Tuesdays where we talk with ASHP members about leadership topics in pharmacy practice. That's all we have for today. Thank you very much for joining us.
0: Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review.
2: Join us next time on ASHP Official.